Mulkey Adventure, Mulkey. Do not answer the phone if that f calls. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, welcome back to another Cold Fear podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Mulkey, and I want to thank all of my loyal listeners for putting up with my lack of consistency in getting these podcasts out. Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to do better because I think I've said that so many times, but I am going to try to do better. So uh, here we are. Uh, we've got a really good conversation today. Um, I sat down with a buddy of mine, Dan Vashton and Christian Baumeister, um, to have a conversation about authenticity. And, you know, I, I think we should all ask ourselves, you know, what does authenticity mean to each of us? Because I think it means maybe a little bit different. But, you know, the best definition I found is authenticity means you're true to your own personality, values, and spirit regardless of the pressure that you're under to act otherwise. You're honest with yourself and with others, and you take responsibility for your mistakes. Your values, ideals, and actions align. And the question on the table is, is social media blurring those lines a little bit? Influencers, you know, can act to be one thing that there may not be do companies really know whether, you know, they're true and they're authentic or also is their following authentic? You know, is there fake followers and things like that? It opens up a lot of doors and then you start adding in AI and the things that you can do in Photoshop right now are pretty ridiculous. And the story that I start the conversation off with is a situation I was in a, a few weeks ago and... um really made me start thinking about this, but also made me think about think about how maybe, you know, brands have a pretty significant weakness when it comes to authenticity with people they work with. Um, and one of the things that's come up since filming this podcast is it has come to my attention that uh, there actually are programs out there that look at people social media so they look at somebody's account and they can say whether their following and their comments and likes are truly authentic or is there a risk of authenticity um and i think this to me the coming to my knowledge is probably the one tool that companies that are out there really trying to grow their brand uh, should really probably be taking a look at because um i'm quite confident some of the brands um, that I don't necessarily mention in this one, but are part of the story, definitely probably didn't have that tool. Um, and I think I don't think that brands are knowingly trying to do that by any means, but are there influencers trying to make themselves something that they're not? Now, I, I might be picking on influencers here a little bit, um, and there there is a, a line that probably gets blurred between influencer and athlete. And I'm sure there's some athletes that uh, probably have some authenticity issues as well. Um, but I think the situation that really frustrated me the most of the story that we talk about here is that I know people in the climbing industry who work really hard. They're incredible athletes. Um, in fact, I know athletes that are with one of the brands that we, we don't really mention in here um, that work really hard to create the following and, and uh, you know, that they have on social. And so when you have an influencer that kind of comes in and, and can fake it and do what they did by, you know, basically Photoshopping out a rope and then they get paid by these companies, it's really harming those athletes in that industry um, because those athletes work really hard to do what they're doing. They're authentic. They've been doing it for years. And then you have some influencer who decides they want to add climbing to their portfolio and edits out a photo of a rope uh, to make it look like they're doing something they're not. And that's just, it's it's unhonest and it's not okay. Um, and I hope that as we move forward that, you know, these companies can really uh, take a look at the, the true athletes and people who have made a life in that sport and choose to, to work with them. So we're going to dive into that conversation. Uh, but first, a couple of housekeeping things. Um, Wyoming Ice Festival happening January 4th through the 7th. That's right around the corner. 
So if you're looking to get out on the ice, uh, man, the ice is absolutely incredible this year in Cody. Um, the North facing wall, moratorium drive to pain pillars of the community is like, I've never seen it before. Um, and a lot, you know, it has been warm, but the North facing stuff is incredible. And, you know, the great thing about the Wyoming ice festival is we have so much ice. So if you've been to the South Fork, you know, there's an absolute ton of ice in the Valley and we only have group clinics on a handful of routes. So the Wyoming ice festival is really the perfect festival to come to. If one, yes, you want to take clinics. We've got incredible clinics, guides that are taking people out. It's great. Um, but if you're looking to just come and climb, it's also a great festival because there is so much ice to choose from. And again, we only have group clinics on three routes in the Valley. The rest of the clinics that we have in the Valley are two on one. So they're just going to be like any other team of climbers out there climbing. Uh, but highly recommend coming, checking it out. Uh, this is our second annual event and, uh, I appreciate all the support we can get that people are coming. And if you've chosen to uh, buy clinics, uh, really appreciate that. Appreciate that support. And I am looking forward to uh, kicking off the second annual Wyoming Ice Festival. Uh, we also have some uh, great presentations. Uh, Friday night, Dane Stedman's going to do a presentation. And on Saturday night, Sam Hennessy is doing a great presentation on some uh, Alaska stuff that he's been up to. So plenty to look forward to if you're coming to the Wyoming Ice Festival. And the weather is quite nice and very little snow and lots of fat ice. So I look forward to uh, seeing everybody come out. And without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. You don't like the candle? Or you have a problem with the candle? I like candles just fine. It's just not... It smells very Christmassy. It's not on brand. For the podcast? Well... Or I for the monkey you know, household. Yeah, the monkey for the monkey household. household ever. I, at home, as a kid... My mom's house always smelled like Christmas. And so Kelly, you know, got a, talked to my mom, found out what kind of candle it was, and she got me the candles. And now it smells very Christmassy in here. Makes me feel like my childhood. Well, I can't knock that. I think there is, like, for the first time I've been to the Mulkey household around Christmas time, there's some sort of Yuletide spirit moving here because they also have a Christmas tree now for the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the Christmas candle. Yes. This is true. Well, Afton's here for Christmas, which normally she ah, isn't. Ah. But yeah. even that said, Kelly really wanted to make the the Christmas tree that we made, so which looks great. Yeah, like it does. It. it looks super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, we're in the Christmas spirit here, Christian. I'm I'm all for it. It's just it took me aback. You don't you don't you didn't think you were going to walk into the podcast studio and it smell like Christmas down here? No like Christmas cheer. You know what? I mean, usually I, it smells like guys and some funk down wet here. So gear, wet rope. clothes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Chicken processing. Schuchenheimer hasn't been living on the couch this year, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> I know. All right, well, let's get into it, because I, I, I think um, I've got a, I kind of have a good story to tell today and a good topic for us to, to discuss. So, um, we're not going to mention any names or anything like that. We don't want to be throwing anybody in the bus, but I think it's a really good conversation to have. So, this influencer reaches out to me. And says, hey, I'm filming this show, and I'd like to have one of the shows be going climbing with you. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great. You know, I mean, he has a large following, and it's like, okay, it's probably beneficial for both of us. And, and it's for a major a major TV network, right? And it's right? for a major TV network. And so we, we plan to meet up in Cook City, and uh, we go out, and literally from the start, I was a little bit, you know, like you just... You haven't met anybody before, and sometimes you just kind of get this like, ah, something's off here. And it was like he had clearly had, had talked to some brands. He had like brand new Petzl tools, brand new Gravel tools, brand new this other company's clothing and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, this just seems a little bit weird that all of this stuff is like bright and shiny and new, right? And it literally takes two hours to get the stuff together. So finally, at now noon, we get out and a friend of mine, so he'd ask if a friend of mine would actually do the filming. So I reached out to a buddy of mine and he's like, sure, you know, he's going to do it. He's doing it for dirt cheap too, because the guy didn't have much of a budget or anything like that. And uh, my buddy thought he was doing me a favor by actually coming to film it, right? So finally, we're on the road. We go out, really short approach. And uh, we get there. I lead up. And he's like, hey, you know, hey, can you just, you know, go ahead and just wrap down and then I'll lead. And I was like, okay. So 
couldn't get like five feet off the ground. And I was like, okay, like this, you probably just shouldn't be leading this thing, you know? So when you say, when you say five feet off the ground, like he literally couldn't make moves. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it's kind of awkward. So I'm not like, it was like the, the base of this column of this pillar. It was a little awkward. There's like no feet, you know, but it was clear that, you know, that he shouldn't be leading it at that point. Right. And, and it, I mean, it was like a four plus type thing. And, uh, but then he was like, Hey, well, well, could you just put a screw up high and I'll climb to that screw and then you guys could take photos and video. And I was like, so to make it look like you're leading? And it was like, well, yeah, that's kind of the photos and the video that I want. And I was like, no, you know, we're not going to do that. And, and then my buddy that was filming, is like, well, it really makes more of a story. Like if you're the days to come climb with Aaron, like it makes more sense that Aaron climbs to the top and then brings you up and then I can film that. And so we convinced him like, that's what we're going to do. So I go back up and bring him up on top rope and he wanted stuff shot him climbing on top rope on drone and then he had lowered him back down and then he wanted my buddy to film him on the handheld camera as well and i was like okay it's a little weird it's a lot of top rope footage right and wanted photos and things like that and at this point both my buddy and i were like okay this thing is clearly like not like let me also there was no like interview you know like this is what we're doing like there was definitely some shots in the woods but there's no audio at this point really of anything that's happening and so it was like all right this feels like it's more of a you getting content for yourself versus there's some show or something like that and so my buddy and i are clearly like all right like like this this is just this is ridiculous you know and so that kind of ends and the next day i get a text and uh they're like hey you know don't judge but i edited the photos out, I uh, added the rope out of the photos because that's the way this particular brand would want it. And I was like, well, that's weird. And I'm not sure how the brand's going to use it. So I didn't really respond to that. You know, clearly in my mind, like that's not okay, but I don't know how he's going to use it. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut. And then about a few days later, maybe like a week later, I see him post the edited photos and collaboration with the brand. And I was like, okay, now I have a problem with that because you're clearly trying to show people that you've done something that you actually haven't. And I'm quite positive this brand has no idea that the rope has been Photoshopped out. So I go back and forth. You know, some of my friends are like, put it on the social media and, you know, light this guy up. And other friends are like, no, just contact the brand and let them know what's up. I decided to take the uh, you know the high road and contacted the brand and the brand immediately was like, yeah we don't we don't do that like we're not aware of it and this was the brand outside of the U.S. because yeah and so anyways um, they immediately stopped their collaboration with them and then I get a message from the individual from the influencer guy he's like hey like would you why did you reach out I'm like well one it like it's not okay you know and so. That kind of sat, he kept wanting to talk to me about it. And I was like, I don't, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't want anything to do with somebody that is willing to edit out photos, edit out ropes out of their photos to just make themselves seem like something. And the guy's not an ice climber. So I'm thinking like, there's a lot of ice climbers out there that would love to have a paid collaboration, you know, with, with a brand that are actually ice climbers, you know, instead of this person who's completely impersonating you know, being somebody that they're not. And, and maybe they do ice climb a little bit, but clearly if you have to edit out the fo- the rope out of a photo, you're trying to make people think something than what you are, in my opinion. Um, so at this point then, I actually run into somebody else that's within that brand. And this is the thing that really kind of threw me off. And I was talking to them about it. One, they didn't realize there wasn't an actual film crew. I was like, no, it was my buddy. They're like, oh, I didn't know that. And I was like, and they're like, well, you know, he's an influencer. And I was like, so? Like, what Like, what does it matter if you're an influencer? Is it, if So if you're an influencer, it's okay to Photoshop stuff and, like, be fake? Like, that's that's okay? And I think the whole situation just got me really thinking about, like, the climate industry, but also a lot more that's going on. And so at the end of the day, I ended up telling this individual, I was like, hey, 
I don't. I just don't want anything to do with it. I'm not okay with you using it. I hadn't signed anything, you know. And at one point, the con there's after this whole ordeal, wanted me to sign a confidentiality agreement. I'm like, what? Like I've never done a photo shoot, a video thing with somebody that wanted me to sign a confidentiality agreement. And then they want basically wanted me to sign my life away for them to use it, create this video. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're going to actually do. So no, like, so I sent a message and it's like, Hey, I don't want anything to do with this project. I'm not okay with you using any of the footage that was shot of me. And you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I know my legal rights. Like you can't like, he could share it personally, uh, but nobody can use it from a professional or even like collaboration or anything like that. So the whole thing has just got me really thinking now, like, so with social media, like how much stuff happens that's fake, but also like, I feel like I basically just got used for a day of guiding to take this guy out to to get content for himself. Is there is there a show or something? Maybe, but at this point, I don't I don't care, right? Like, if I have to in order to be on the show, I have to sign a confidentiality agreement. I got a problem with that, you know. So I I mean I think it's just kind of like, what like is there is it okay? Like I mean I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I you know I think there's almost two categories you could put it in you have your athletes and you have your influencers like uh, obviously athletes can be influencers yeah maybe there's a third blur the line does blur a little bit right yeah but what what's acceptable from an influencer when you're in a sport such as ice climbing or mountain biking or rock climbing that's not authentic versus curated and at the end of the day do the brands actually care Right, because God, I hope so. I would, I would too, and I would hope that the good ones would. But a lot of them just want to make money. So, do they really care that to enforce, you know, good ethics of authentic, authentic Auth- content? Yeah, some authenticity. And I, you know, one of the things he, that he said to me is like, "Well, you know, Bear Gorillas does it." And I was like, "Well, one, I don't know that, but even if Bear Gorillas does it, I still have a problem with it." You know, you're not, we're, we're not in a movie, which is completely fake, you know, and you're not putting, when you put, if he, if it was a post and then said, by the way, also the, this, the rope has been edited out of this photo to make it look better. Okay. Sure. You know, like if you're going to state the facts of what truly acknowledge it, then maybe I have, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit better with it. I still think it's wrong because how many people actually read the text, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Dan, you, you've shot a lot of video. You shot a lot of photos. Man, I have so many problems with what he did. So let's back up for just a second. Um, calling him an influencer is correct. He's got, what, 300,000 followers. That's yeah, a pile, right? Like that. But we also deduce that a lot of those are bots and fake accounts, etc. Because a lot of the responses are auto-generated. Yeah, so that was one thing that we, we looked into. Yeah, I never considered your perspective, um, which you would be one to call quickly because you are an athlete. Um, and that is there are legitimate athletes. There's a lot of guys out there that climb really hard and they're pushing the envelope and they're putting up new routes and they don't have the exposure and they'd love to have a brand deal. They'd love to have a sponsorship, but it doesn't happen for them either because they haven't made the right connections or whatever. So here's this dude that's a complete and utter phony and he has lucrative to what degree we don't know. Right. Yeah. But he's, he's getting some, somehow compensated somehow um here's this complete phony who's now collecting money from the climbing industry that could go to further the sport as opposed to pump this guy's ego and fill his bank account and if you look at the rest of his his account his grid on instagram it's just him traveling the world doing cool stuff um i mean i have a i have a very serious problem with influencers in general not athletes there's a, the lines do get blurred, but like a distinct person that just goes around for photo ops with their van, park it somewhere pretty and take, like that shit annoys me to no end. Okay. <laughs> so like, um, so the stuff that he was telling you first and foremost, from, from a, a licensing standpoint, yes, he could, if you were with him and he has a photo of you and him, he can put it on his, yeah. on his social, but without you signing a model release form he may not give those photos and when you, when you sign a model release form that release form has to very 
very clearly articulate what is this licensed for. And that can be for broadcast media, that can be for advertisements, and it can also have a time limit. So it could be that, that it's full licensing for one calendar year from the day they were taken, or whatever the athlete or the, the model decides to set forth in that licensing agreement. If you didn't sign anything like that, then he cannot, if you, if you tell him that he can't use that, yeah. he absolutely may not legally use that in that capacity. Yeah, I mean, I could try to, and then I would have to go down a legal road or something like that. But yeah. I, su- I suppose, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but just ethically, and obviously, he doesn't give a crap. But I can't imagine a major publication, you know, is going to use anything without a, a model release. Right? They shouldn't. I wouldn't think they shouldn't. Um, Did he say he knew how to climb ahead of time? I mean, he definitely implied it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said that it just had been a long time, and so he's. Uh, the comment was like, maybe if I top her a few times, it'll feel a little bit more comfortable. But, you know, I mean, you, you've, I've been climbing long enough. You can tell if somebody should be leading something or not. And it was very clear to me that, no, he should not be trying to lead this thing. Hmm. So um, he really wanted to. But I think he also knew, like, it was it was above his pay grade. Yeah. Interesting. And that's another thing that bothers me about it. Is okay. So again, I'll go back to his grid, his Instagram feed. Of all the different sports and things he's do- done, he's fly fishing. He's doing all these different things. It looks like he's just really damn good at everything he touches. So if you're somebody that, like, let's say you're a 16 year old kid and you're struggling to lead water ice three, right? And this guy comes along and he looks like he's good at everything. Right. Well, how's that impact you? Like, well, this guy's just naturally freaking good at everything. And here he is, can't lead, you know, he he's he's making it look like he can lead a like a weak water ice five or a four yeah. plus or whatever. Like he just shows up out of the truck and there he is shooting up four plus. Like for all the other climbers who have worked really hard and battled their mental demons on steep ice and uh, you know, I'm kinda in that camp, right? Yeah. Um then this guy just goes and styles it. Yeah, that's not how it works. And Christian pointed out to well, you guys both pointed out to me, if you look at that photo very, very carefully, you guys used a green rope that day. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you look closely at the tool, <laughs> at the tool above his head, you can see blurry, like... Just a little bit of it. The yeah. Photoshop wasn't perfect. No. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I never thought about that of like from an outside perspective if... It looks like you're just off the couch, water ice four plus, or and then you got all these other people that have been working up to it. It definitely doesn't uh, make you feel very good about yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not one to care so much about everybody's fragile feelings. Yeah, but again, it's like you're setting this precedent that doesn't exist. So I think, like, so what point does should now? I think we all agree, like people share what they want people to believe in social media. But I think I do genuinely think that people. And social media, at least sharing true things. Like, whether they don't share any of the bad stuff or not, that that's a mute point to me in a way. I mean, we should. And I would be, I mean, I'm, I'm bad at that as well. But at what point does the line cross to then just sharing fake stuff? Because, again, we're not watching a movie, you know. And as, are we going to put social media as Instagram and you know all these other social media? Is, it, is that now going to become a movie? Because... I think in his mind, it's a movie. And that's why he was using the Bear Grylls does this. And it's like, I don't think so. I think that social media, whatever you're sharing, should be truly something you accomplished or did in that photo or video or whatever it is and not Photoshop. I think, you know, we're inundated with a plethora of media platforms and constant feeds just across the board. And it doesn't matter what sport you like. It could be hunting. It could be fishing. It could be ice climbing. It could be backcountry skiing. It doesn't matter. So I feel like there's a little bit of responsibility. It's incumbent upon us as the media consumer and also for the brands that are supporting the sport, right? But as the consumer, I think there's there's going to be a lot of people out there like that. As there's more and more money to be made as an influencer and on social, I think it comes down to us making sure that we're following authentic accounts, authentic people. And if if you want to know if Aaron Mulkey is authentic, you could listen to this podcast. You could see the collaborations that he's done with other people in the industry. Um, 
you know, if, if you follow long enough, you'll learn that, yeah, like this guy's legit, right? He's in the guidebook. How many times your name appear in the guidebook, right? Yeah. So who's this rando? And, and that, to me, the brands that he approached, that's, that's my number one question to those brands. If you want to put them in the hot seat, who's this rando? Like this yeah. dude just hits you up and shows you pretty photos. Maybe he has a good photographer. Maybe he's really damn good with a camera himself, right? Like, but you've never heard his name. You've never seen it in a guidebook. You've never heard it on a podcast. He's never been to an yeah. ice fest. He's never done shit. And now he shows up and he steals some of the spotlight from legitimate athletes, either athletes that already have a following or athletes who would love to have a following. So it's incumbent upon us and also the brands. And that brings up a completely different topic. Well, it's, it's in the same vein. Right. And that is AI. So you've now got these clothing companies, just to name one, that have these absolutely bombshell stunner models, these chicks sporting bathing suits because they want to sell you this bathing suit. Right. Well, the modeling industry is in trouble now because let's say you're a swimsuit model. You're just a hot chick that's a swimsuit model. You're good at modeling, et cetera. Well, now you can have a computer generated chick in that bathing suit, and you can't tell. Maybe if you could blow it up to full computer screen size and really yeah. pick it apart, you could tell. But on a, on a phone screen, you have no idea. And I don't mean to derail the conversation about this guy. No, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, well, uh, just to go back to your, your point there earlier about brands giving, I, I do think there's responsibility there too. Because I think, yeah, for a brand they see, and I know you work with a lot of brands and been in the industry for a outdoor industry christian but like the brand saw a large following which we've come to determine is probably a lot of that's fake um but they looked at the number and were like oh this guy's got a lot he's gonna go ice climbing he's shooting a show here's some tools here's some clothing you know blah 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 ship it all out and i'm literally like i remember sitting there and i was like all of it was brand new you know and i was just like what in the world like this is just weird um but yeah like they saw a marketing, you know, piece, and I'm sure it was. I don't know if there was any money in exchange hands. It probably wasn't. You know, they were just like, "Hey, here's a bunch of gear. Like, go out and shoot stuff with us in your gear." And that was good enough for them. But a couple you, grand in gear, though. Yeah, like, but you're repping expensive. their gear now, but and now you're doing it in a very fake way. So, but he also had the big TV network lined up, and there was money there. I would think so. There had to be money yeah, there. I yeah. would think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, and maybe that's what the selling point was for them to give him the gear was, hey, I'm doing this show. This is what I'm doing, you know. And again, I don't think the brands had any clue, you know. I mean, I think if you looked at the feed, you could figure out some stuff wasn't real there. Um, but I, I think that I don't even know if I'd be sitting even having this conversation if it wasn't for the conversation I had with the person with the one of the lower people on the chain at the clothing brand where they're like. Well, he's an influencer, and that was what set me off. I think because I was like, "Well, wait a minute. Like, I don't like, I don't care if he's an influencer. It's still not okay. Like, so what? Everything we can do now is we're just fake it. Like, I don't know. I'm not okay with that. But yeah, as I think it just comes back to the, to the to you're right. Like AI now, like you can do so much with AI. <laughs> like it's insane. Yeah, I think that the in the way that was spoken almost like oh well he's an influencer like that was the excuse yeah all right that excuse is that like is a movie star or something and it's a movie but no it's not a movie and that is i want to almost say that's a legitimate excuse if the media that comes from it is like hey i'm i'm an explorer i like to try new things i've never ice climbed so i'm going to go with some guys that know how to do it and i'm going to tr all freaking morning like if he is if he's if he's upfront about that if he says hey I'm an influencer I just want to show people what ice climbing's like I'm gonna go hang off TR yeah if that would have been the approach then the influencer excuse works yeah yep. but 100%. not when he not when he deletes his TR yeah and 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 throws kind of throws you under the bus oh well Aaron Mulkey was involved with this oh so that makes it all right to delete your rope yeah 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 and that, I mean that's just it like if you had to delete the rope. You were you knew at that point, like that's not the fo- like you didn't want to show people that you were top roping. So you were trying to make it look like you were doing something you weren't. End of the day, that's a lie. Absolutely, that's fake. Absolutely, and like me, 
as a climber, you know, I'm, when it comes to ice climbing, I'm a top rope tough guy. Like I TR stuff all day and I'm okay with that. Right. Like I have nothing to prove as long as I'm outside having a good time with my friends and doing really cool stuff in really cool places. Like that's where I find my value. Yeah. And yeah, would never cross my mind to like, Oh, I just want to delete the rope. So I look cooler on social media, but it's also the culture we live in, right? Like everybody's, it's all about the likes. It's all about the interactions, all about the followers. So I could see where he goes in his head to do that. But again, it's like, we don't have, there's no ethics to this, right? Well, there is ethics, but they're unspoken. There's nothing written. I mean, the brand didn't even send out like, here's our expectations of you, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's a really cool opportunity for brands right there is for all their athletes, their influencers set some realistic expectations of authenticity of use, right? So they're not putting themselves in danger that could also put others in danger by them trying just to get a cool photo, right? Like, I think there's a really good opportunity for brands to spearhead that and to make that a really big impact and a standard within the industry as well. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think of it too, from a brand perspective, like, and I think it does have to come down to the values at a brand, but for that brand, like, do they care? Like, so if 200,000 people see the photo and they see the tool that he's using, like, it's worth it to them, maybe. But I think it's really great that, you know, the the brand, we're not going to mention it, that you reached out to, did something about it. Like, that, that is awesome. And yeah. I, I would hope that we would see more of that if that happens within any industry, right? But that was that's a really great sign. Like, yeah, that, I thought for it was me, really good. It's a lot of respect. Until, and the person I talked to was at the top. So, um, But the other person that I talked to then was, that's what's again, set me off. But, and then I still, I mean, I saw that they're still like, commenting and liking on things of the person so i'm like they i whoever's running the social clearly doesn't care you know i think the person at the top does and they're probably not aware of what's happening or the social later. person doesn't even know yeah and they're like this is my job is to post stuff and true. I, here's content i'm just gonna throw yeah, it up somebody tells me, someone tells me. Comment. that's true good point yeah, yeah they may have no idea what actually happened behind the scenes yeah yeah i mean i i, I for me like i've always my, my standard has always been like i will pose down on a on a route or whatever it is but it has to be something that i've done like oh yeah i see what you're saying like yeah. if it's you know rocket man there's been a ton of photos and videos of me on rocket man well i've sent rocket man a number of times so like but if it was something i hadn't sent then i'm not going to pose down for something on on something like may i i might share a photo of like something that i'm trying like if it's a project but I'll make sure in the comments to say, hey, working on this project, you know, not mm-hmm. something that makes you think something else. So absolutely. And I'm curious what are your guys' thoughts on like, you know, like towards the beginning, I was trying in my mind, I'm thinking there's influencers, there's athletes, and then there's almost a blend between those. And like, where does the line, where is the line drawn? Or is there a line? Man, I don't, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's a question of like, at what point is social media of, a fake movie versus real life. I think it's, a lot of it is fake. I would say like 90% of your getting on your phone and scroll, like a lot of it is curated. It's curated. Everything's curated. It's curated. Everything's curated. Yeah. But is it, is it f- like, I mean, you have to, I mean, it's a probably like more to talk about defining that, but like, you know, a movie that you watch, if you watch Tom Cruise movie or whatever, Mission Impossible, there's stuff in there that clearly didn't happen. You know, you know that's fiction or whatever. You know that's fiction. But you fictional. know that. Yeah. You know that going into that, that's a movie that not everything's real. But with social, that's, you're right, as then the lines get really blurred. And I feel like they're going to continue to get more and more blurred with AI. Yeah. Because then what's to stop Dan from posting a f- picture of him free soloing El Cap, you know, and a brand using it and being like, yeah, our athlete Dan, or whatever you know. I mean, that's, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm um, Dan. For you, I mean, you do a ton of photo and video work for tons of different brands across multiple industries. Have you ever had it where maybe a hunter has posed with something for something they didn't actually shoot, or like any instances like that that you know of? Um, no, but I have a lot of buddies that guide. Um, guide hunts and I can't tell you how many stories I've heard with 
dudes that are just like they're gassed. Like, let's say they're elk hunting and they're just gassed. They can't gain another 10 vertical feet. <laughs> and they're like, yes. they just like give the guide the gun. Go kill it. Go kill it. Go kill it. <laughs> no. Now, all no my, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because they just want to hang it in their freaking law office in New York City. Oh, right. My and gosh. all my buddies have said, no, screw you. Yeah. No, you go kill it and I'll be there with you. You go kill it or you don't get that animal. But. Unfortunately, the guys that I run with are all the type of dude that will tell you, no, you go kill it. But how many how many guides are out there that are like, yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, okay, whatever. Tip better be big. You going to give me $10,000 tip? Yeah, yeah, I'll give it to you. Okay, boom, game over. Yeah. Right? And then that oh. thing's hanging in New York City. Right? Like, it happens, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm, it's probably not often, but I'm sure it happens. Yeah, and I had heard, like... You know, I know we're definitely getting away from the climbing aspect of this. That's and, fine. Yeah, um, I mean, it's all around the same stuff. I had I had heard. I don't know if this is true. So I, this should definitely be fact checked. But in Africa, I have also heard that after they down, you know, a, a zebra, wildebeest, whatever, some of those high clientele, they'll actually have on-site taxidermists who go there and they'll make the animal look super pretty, clean off any blood. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe fix the eye, like pose it in some way, like maybe put some like struts in it to make the ears in a specific way. They'll curate it. So it's a very posed and beautiful photo instead of an authentic, you know, of the classic grip and grin, but they'll spend big money on those tax numbers to be there with them to make it look just absolutely stunning. Now in that scenario right there, like that doesn't bother me. I mean, I obviously wouldn't pay for it. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I don't care if my ear, if the ears on my <laughs> antelope are drooping, right? Yeah. But like for me, in that in that scenario, I'm cool with that because it's the yeah, animal it's he still it's the, the animal, animal he or she shot. Yeah. It's the animal. They just made it really pretty because maybe he runs in circles where people don't like tongues hanging out in their kill photos, whatever. Oh, yeah. And the other thing is that, especially in a place like Africa, in some of those communities. The more money that the hunter leaves behind in that community, the better it is for that community. So if you've got a local dude that tags mm-hmm. along with the outfitter and he gets 150 bucks to make somebody's zebra look gorgeous, that's 150 more bucks in a small community in Africa. That's cool. But I wouldn't do it. Yeah. But I see that it, it is weird. It's yeah. Weird. It's really yeah. odd. But it'd be like no different than like if I showed up for a photo shoot and you're like, dude, you're going to wear that jacket? That jacket's ripped. It's horrible. Like here's a brand new jacket. Put this on. I mean, that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's would be this very similar thing. That's fine, you know, right? It's still me doing it, and it's still that animal. You're just making it, you're just making me or the animal look a little bit better, but it is still weird. Yeah, <laughs> super weird. Yeah. Super weird. Because I would think, you know, a lot, a lot of behind a photo, you know, with something is also there's a story there too, right? So mm-hmm. if you don't see something, that maybe happens, but yeah. So, so the other the other vein that I think that kind of lies in um, is what's an acceptable level of photoshop right like we're now that's another like blurred line there like at what point is that too much photoshop if you make it look the color is crazier or that you tilt the photo or you change the perspective to make it look steeper than it is i think there's some creative right that's given there i mean i think as long as you're not removing or adding right like I guess that's maybe a little bit too vague, like because you could add add color and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I think as long as you're not like, if I lo- if if you look at the picture and the person in it is still doing the exact same thing, but the colors are different, I don't have a problem with that. As long as you don't misrepresent what is going on, if you want to kick it back to hunting, if you add tines to a mule deer and make them look twenty <laughs> inches bigger, yeah, yeah, same thing, right? It's like, as long as you're not misrepresenting it mm. or, you know, maybe you have the, the sickest photo like that, right? That photo right there of Aaron hanging from one tool mixed climbing with the red coat on. Like, yeah, a lot of people have seen that photo. Now, that photo, Aaron's got a giant wad of snot hanging out of his nose and running <laughs> down to his lips. Are you going to remove that? I'm going to remove that. I mean, I'm going to yeah. keep it and show it to him and his buddies all the time. But for the photo that he's going to use... I'm going to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's totally cool because it doesn't, it doesn't change what he's doing. Yeah. So, all- but what if the background on that is a giant piece of blue, gorgeous blue ice? What if you change the background? What if it wasn't that? If it was just mm-hmm. like, it was just a black wall and that's it. Then at what point is that not okay? Mm-hmm. I'm still climbing the route. I'm still there, but the background now has changed. So funny story there that ties right into this. 
there is a local to us wedding photographer photographer oh god and this photographer posts this photo and it's absolutely magnificent because the spot that the couple's standing and then the river flowing behind them and the background i can go and i can take you to the spot where they were standing you can't see the river the river is <laughs> two miles away there's and then the background is 20 miles away so they took three photos and they did a very good job of it they took three photos and stitched them into one for a wedding so my question is as the bride and the groom you know and especially the bride who's shown this like why would why would you want a wedding photo that's not real maybe it enhances the same person that wanted a the guy to go shoot their tag for yeah, like 100%. Put it on the wall. It's just look at me. Yeah. I mean, it's not real. Like, you weren't at that place because that place doesn't exist. See, and that, that doesn't bother me, right? Because it's for personal use. Sure. Okay. Like, personal use. Now, if that photographer took that and entered it into a competition, I would be like, But here's, here's the deal. Wedding photographers book 95% of their clients from Instagram. And this person caters to elopements. Right? Oh, interesting. So... They've got people coming here because they want those kind of backgrounds. And those kind of backgrounds do not exist. Yeah. Not Photoshop not. they do. Not AI they do. Right. So yep. you are promoting yourself or they are promoting themselves with that image. So if you're somebody, I wonder how that works. Then. Like if, if I'm like, hey, Dan, that like we want to hire you. Like I want to go to this exact spot. Like that photo is incredible. I want, that's what... Do you think they have to be like, oh, well, that is photoshopped, FYI, but does it still get them the job, I wonder? They have to own up to it. They have have, to. Yeah, you'd have to because you're not going to show up and be able to shoot that photo. Right. Huh. The the photographer could say, I can give you this, I can give you this, I can give you this, and show them, you know, up at Pilot or at Screaming Woman or wherever. Right? And. But they have to own up that like that specific spot doesn't exist. That's not real. Yeah. So I think definitely we like even fast forward take ten years. I mean, if you look back ten years, what AI has done and all the Photoshop stuff you could do now is pretty ridiculous. I don't think we would have dreamed it ten years ago. No. So in another ten years, uh, what point do, is there any way you're going to know the difference between what's what's real and what's not? And no, you. I mean, we're already change. How does that change marketing? And how does that change photographers and all this stuff? And I think that that's a massive problem for more than just photographers, more than just for influencers, for writers, for for architects, for anybody that pulls something out of their brain and puts it onto either a paper or a design studio of some sort. Like, yeah, there's a lot of jobs in the next 15 years. And it may be a lot faster than that because technology progresses it's on an exponential curve right yeah so there's a lot of people whose jobs are going to be gone or they're going to be massively altered due to ai and there's also opportunity within that loss as well like machine there's machines that can do a lot of jobs a lot better than humans can Mm -hmm. but there's also got to be the people to help produce that to fact check to make sure everything's you know running on firing on all cylinders, you know. Um, I was listening to a podcast on a bike ride today and they were talking about how AI should totally be taking over all the piloting of aircraft. That if you look at... That's interesting. And they were like, but they will never work because the people in the back of the plane, they want to see, you know, the guy, the gal in the cockpit, you know, got some gray in their hair. They've done this a thousand times. Like... At what point is that pilot just going to sit there and not do anything, but just be the factor that, you know, is just the comfort factor. There's someone there, but knowing that AI is flying that plane the whole time. And when that pilot's on the plane with you, unless he's suicidal, he wants to keep it in the air until it's supposed to touch the ground. Mm -hmm. With AI, AI's cold, man. AI could be hacked. AI doesn't have feelings and AI doesn't need to get home. You know, it'd be super interesting to talk to you about this would be Natalie. I mean, she works with oh, autonomous yeah. vehicles. Yeah, I've been needing to get her on here anyways. Yeah, because I remember when we went on that, when we did um, uh, Too Cold to Fire, we were chatting. I think that was when we were chatting with her about, you know, 
her some of her work because I didn't know a lot about it. And she was talking about how like I think she I think this was her. She was talking about like the fact of a steering wheel being in the vehicle or not, and like if people are okay with there being a steering wheel or not being the steering wheel because there doesn't need to be a steering wheel if AI yeah. is driving it. Um, she would be super interesting to hear huh. the perspective of this on. Yeah, I mean there or I mean there are already drones being flown with people, you know, and a. You know, I mean, the military, obviously, all those drones are flown by somebody sitting in a bunker somewhere or whatever. Well, even yeah. your little Mavic, you had a perfect my, example. Yeah. <laughs> so you had your Mavic on auto track, what, a oh, yeah, month yeah. ago? That's and it true. ate a tree? It ate a tree. <laughs> so I don't want to be on the plane when it eats a tree, right? And it didn't eat a whole lot of other trees for the 20 minutes it was flying, but all of a sudden right. then it just went into one. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's just like, it's definitely kind of scary in a way to think about like, how it's going to change um and ai is i mean it's much bigger than just photoshop and, and things like that but like yeah what point do well brands just not even i mean will they not need athletes anymore or or honestly influencers because you can make up a photo of whatever you want and for the majority of majority of the public they don't know they don't care it's yeah. a cool photo mm-hmm. like and, and even I even think for this person that I'm talking about, where this whole thing happened, I don't think he I don't think he really sees anything wrong with it. And and so I don't think it was a, a like he doesn't. Per, I don't think he's it was a per, well. It was obviously on purpose. You would Photoshop the, but I don't think he looks at it that way. I think he looks at it as like a movie. I'm I'm putting myself out there as if I'm doing these things to get more stuff. Well, I don't think he realized it at the time that there was a problem with it. No, until I don't think so. he was called out for it, and then he started backtracking by trying to get you sign, uh, you know, NDA, confidentiality, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever, knowing like, oh crap, I've been found out. Yeah, like I'm. This isn't the real me, right? And then he starts, you know, which may be a good wake up call for him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And maybe if he had no contact with the climbing community before, maybe he didn't know that was a giant faux pas. Like that. That's. If he if he's literally never when he when you saw him swing tools and kick crampons right do you think he has ever touched vertical ice yeah he has I could tell that he had climbed before for sure um, and my argument to that would be is that he knew like if he didn't know he would have posted the photo with him with the top rope. Oh, because he would have known. Yeah, okay. okay. I guess he did text I mean, how many you. people? I mean, I take people at clinics. All, I mean, I teach people who have never climbed. They post the crap out of photos with a top rope, and that's totally fine. I got no problem with that. There's some cool photos of people on top rope. Um, but to edit out the photo, you're, that's where the line is crossed. And I think if he didn't think anything, uh, if he didn't think it was wrong, then he would have never have, he would have posted the photo with him on top rope. So he knew. He knew enough to know it'd be way I think cooler. He, I think mm-hmm. he just looks at it differently. It was like I'm, I'm uh, like my my social is a movie, and people are tuning in to watch this movie. I am it's, the main character. I, yeah, I'm the main character. Not this is my life, and this is what I'm doing. That's that's where I think the line is just very different. And I don't. I mean, uh, I, maybe it's that way for a lot of people. I don't know. I think, but it's just it was definitely my first time. Uh, kind of being a part of that situation, which I would like to not have ever again. So I don't blame you one bit. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, but you know, for for people listening, love to like hear your guys' thoughts on it. I, I think this is a kind of a a big conversation, and I think conversation that is going to continue to evolve as AI gets better, and better, and and Photoshop or whatever it is that can eliminate backgrounds or shirts or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of this. So, yeah. Well, and I want to say too, that you are actually doing him a solid by not calling him out here. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, no harm to him at all. And I think maybe listening to this, he'll think about it a little differently. Maybe, maybe not, but I think it's, yeah. I, I again, I think it's just kind of a conversation that I think we all need to be starting to have as AI is coming along and the abilities like, I mean, even eliminating a rope out of a photo 10 years ago would have been, I mean, if you spent a bunch of time on it, probably you could have gotten it. It would have looked okay, but you probably would have seen the distortion. Not anymore. You eliminate a rope pretty damn easy, no matter a second, actually. 
Oh yeah, somebody that would have been good on Photoshop. You'd never seen a slice never of green. Seen. Yeah, you could so, t- you could definitely tell. And there was another within that feed. There's a couple others that I was able to pick out and be like, yeah. that cloning wasn't great. Like you didn't blend that well. Yeah, and you can totally see. You know, here's where I think it's okay because I have run into this. Um, let's just say that you. And this is totally hypothetical. I'm not saying you've ever done anything like this. Um, let's say that you're out on a photo shoot with a professional photographer and they're there to capture. I'm just making this up. Black diamond photos, right? They are there to capture you doing black diamond stuff. And you're the coolest photo of the day, the coolest photo of the day. Your belayer just happens to be in the image and cropping him out would lessen the photo somehow. And that, and that belayer is wearing brand X Arcturix or whatever. Would you be okay with the photographer deleting the dead bird from his jacket chest pocket? Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. So like to yeah. some degree, I think it's not unethical, but yeah. it's a hundred percent different than what we're talking about. I think it would be like, Listen, I'd love to have a snowmobile uh, sponsorship, <laughs> and it would be like me going out and shooting a photo of, you know, somebody else launching their sled, you know, over this 30-foot, 40-foot gap, and putting myself in the sled, and then posting it of like, you know. Oh, yeah. Went out snowmobiling yesterday. It was epic. Yeah. Making a reel of a dude in an orange jacket and a blue helmet launching this thing and then the ending shot of the reel is you in a blue jag yeah. <laughs> in that pulling the helmet off hey it's a yeah. monkey yeah 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 or if i went rock climbing and i was top roping something that was well out of my league and i posted it as if i was i, I eliminated the rope like rock climbers are gonna have a problem with that yep and i think and maybe that's you know he's not he's ice climber he's not an ice climber so maybe when you're in the group that's when it really becomes a problem. So I'm sure I can think of a number of snowmobiler people that would be like, this guy did not jump his sled 50 <laughs> foot over this gap. Like there's just no way. And they would be, they would have something really wrong with that. And and they'd have every right to be. I think. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think it's just a, like, as I thought, as I talk about it, I think being in the group that it affects changes it quite a bit. Yeah, and to go back to your example of deleting a logo off of something, I think that's totally fine. Now, if you were to throw a different logo on something, right? Ooh, right. That's a problem. Yeah, that's a big problem. <laughs> and I know the brand would be upset because they're like, "We didn't make that thing. We didn't make that. that that's color. not mine." Just to like make the image work, like so. I think deleting. I wonder how much that happens. I bet it's happened a few times. Oh, it has to. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, it's a cool photo, but you have this brand on it. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about a lot of photoshopping, but I mean, even just cropping images to make it look bigger and better than it is. Like that's, that's the easiest thing to do in the world. Yeah. I mean, I think we could all be guilty of that to an extent. And I think that it's, it's worthwhile noting that like a lot of people that consume social media, you know, just doing the scroll, right. And you, you kind of like ice climbing, you've done it twice and maybe you want to do it again. Like uh, there's, there's a large portion of people on social media that, this conversation would just go over their head because a, they've never been involved with media production. B they've never been involved with influencer athlete status. So like this is, you know, for some people it's just like whatever, because they don't have any experience with it. So you have to put yourself in the shoes. If, if you're in that boat, you have to put yourself in the shoes of competitive athletes and understand that like, the industry should, in my opinion, being allotting marketing funds for the people that are pushing the sport forward. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I'm cur- like, just trying to think of like other analogies of this situation. Um, like, if you were to... But in an ideal world, that's what we would want. But the brands, for a large majority, like across any industry, they just want to make money. So do they really care about the way they go about it? Like, I, I don't know if they actually care if they're like, Oh, this influencer though, like they can do three posts. We can get a ton of interaction. Like we're fine with that. I think what we're going to see with some of the best brands as AI, you know, let's move beyond like 
photoshopping, right? Let's talk about AI. I think that there are going to be some brands that are going to come forward and stake a claim saying, this is real. We are genuine. This is authentic. We support athletes and all of our content that you will see. These are all real people doing real stuff. And I think that there's value in that. Oh, yeah. And oh. hopefully, as the consumer, you find value in that and you support the brands that, su- that, that value that as well. I would love to see that. I would love to see that. I think yeah. it, I think we'll have to get to that point. I think it will too, especially the brands that are established. I think the, the brands that will do more AI stuff will be those brand new brands that don't have a budget. They've got to create content and you could easily do that via AI. Mm-hmm. And so you may use your AI photos in order to build your brand and just be okay with that. Like nobody knows who you are anyways. But I agree like the big companies are going to have to figure out are we going to be all all unique and real or mm-hmm. are we going to have are we going to blur the lines sometimes because think about the hunting industry i mean they could start posting photos of somebody with some giant oh, sure. 450 score elk and be like you know and they could do it every day mm-hmm. and most people would probably never know the difference in that photo Core users would, but general public. Core users would probably build, maybe. I but at some point, the public probably wouldn't notice or care. Core but, users yeah. will know because if somebody kills a four fifty bull, like and just with that, with that example yeah. specifically, like everybody knows where that bull came from. But within two weeks of that photo popping up, everybody will know. Like, oh, that was Colorado unit. Blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like that word yeah. gets around, mm-hmm. and that outfitter promotes it. And, but you're, that's the core users, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the 75. That's the top 25% of dudes yeah, and chicks. Like, it's not everybody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, it, it opens the door to you being able to basically claim an individual who's sitting basically on their couch. It opens the door for them to basically present themselves of doing whatever it is. I mean, you could... You know, there's like the whirl in Salt Lake City, which is this huge run. And you can start posting photos of like, hey, it's me on the whirl when I did it at this time. Like, yeah, somebody pressed them. Then they're going to like, well, okay, let's see your Strava. Let's see the GPS. But to me, there's no difference in, in posting something and saying, hey, I did the whirl at this time. And hey, I eliminated the top rope off of this photo. They're both lies. Mm-hmm. Do you think a platform like Instagram or whatever comes next, you know, do you think a platform like Instagram is ever going to ha- get enough pressure uh, from the general public that they're going to have to put like a little red star or some kind of disclaimer in their image, especially if it is a promoted image, especially if it's a sponsored image that's generating revenue, like for a brand? Yeah. Like, do you think that a platform's ever going to come forward and say, like mandate that if it's an AI generated image that's gen- that's that's used in an ad, they have to put like a little AI star on the bottom of the photo saying this was AI generated. Maybe. How did you know though? I mean that would, but, but I could see at some point that maybe it's the opposite that you have to you would get your photo trademark not trademarked but. Somehow they're being certified, certified that this is a real photo, right? That and that would be the difference between. So the AI would kind of blend in with somebody that didn't certify their photos, but maybe, hey, this is a this is a certified photo, yeah, that's real. It's not been AI generated or anything like that. I could see that happening. I mean, at some point, we're gonna have to get there. I think. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, I, I'm gonna be jumping hundred foot gaps in my snowmobile, <laughs> chasing that sponsorship. And it's like you said earlier, though, we're talking about one little thing that AI is going to impact. Oh, yeah. It is, it is small tiny. in comparison yeah. to what it's going to do to the global economy. And oh, yeah. the conversation of AI, this is like breadcrumbs of problems. <laughs> you right. know, like yeah. this, is, this is not an issue that's probably even like even being talked about. Photographers and things like that, for sure. But AI is a, is a, has much bigger issues as, as we move forward with other bigger, bigger things that affect us. Yeah, and you think that we're three ice climbers sitting here talking about how AI is impacting our industry. What do you think boardrooms in Washington, D.C. are blowing up with right now? 
with serious like battlefield technology problems and banking oh, yeah. and shipping. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. That's, I have no like, idea. And like decision making, AI decision making. I, I know I listen to this podcast about like going to AI to make decisions for you because it's emotionless. <laughs> it's based purely off of facts. The closest I've ever come to, I had a friend who uh, he made all of his life decisions based off a flip of a quarter for a season of life. <laughs> oh my God. And it was hilarious because he was in Cody and he was like, I need to go do something different. And he's like, should I go work in the oil fields in Cheyenne? He flipped a quarter. He ended up moving down to Cheyenne and working in the oil fields. And like, he legitimately just started to make a few decisions based oh off a flip God. of a quarter. Yeah. You he's know doing what, great now. You know, yeah, I was going to say. Great. He was doing great then. He's doing awesome now. Yeah, if you were going to tell me he like became a millionaire by 27, I was going to pull my hair out. Like, oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Well, uh, hey, guys, we're almost at an hour here. Uh, it was a good conversation. Um, I think, uh, you know, stay authentic. I think in talking through this, it makes me definitely want to share more stuff that maybe I wouldn't share on my social, you know, the hard times or whatever else, like I'm struggling. Um I think that would be, it's more real instead of just sharing all the good stuff that happens because it's, that's just, that's social media. Um, and I think there's a trend of that happening, but I think it, it also is really hard to share the stuff that's bad. It's not easy to put yourself out there, especially in this world. Um, it's, I mean, who knows what we'll get back even just off of doing this. So, and I hope that, you know, the person that we're, we're talking about, it, we definitely mean, I mean, no harm. Uh, I hope maybe this will be educational. Um, and it's more of a bigger conversation to have down the road of, of things that I think we just need to be honest with ourselves and what's our purpose and, you know, what are you trying to get through what you're posting as well? So, yeah, I don't know. Any closing thoughts for you guys? Keep it real. Yeah, I'm Stay good. Authentic. I'm All right. good.